You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano, and uh, today we're going to do a different kind of episode. I'm joined by my dad, John Castellano. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> uh, I'm Dad. Okay. And uh, and my uncle Phil Castellano. How you doing? Uh, and uh, this is a family episode, and um, it's fitting because this is going to be a tribute episode to a member of our family, uh, Sharon Jones. So I um, I brought my dad and my uncle here because. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with Sharon Jones and all the things she's done with her group, the Dap Kings, uh, it's very impressive. But we've known her for much, much longer than that and uh, want to maybe provide some insight. And my dad and uncle played in a band with her for 18 years. Is that correct? That yeah, is yeah. correct. So um, I know it's it's a sad topic. And, and this show, I'm going to try not to make it a downer and try to make it more of a uh, celebration Oh, yeah. uh, than than anything, and but be- before we start, I want to get some business out of the way. Um, instead of doing our normal uh, links and tip jar things, we're going to uh, redirect the band geeks to uh, donate this time for this this week to the um, charities and the uh, foundations on Sharon's website, and those are the uh, Lustgarten Foundation, the L- Lust yes, sorry, Lustgarten Foundation, the James Brown Family Foundation. And Little Kids Rock. Those are the uh, organizations on Sharon's website that her um, family and friends have asked to donate to. So this week, um, we appreciate the donations, but you can hold them off and put them to this. So um, let's start from the beginning. Uh, How did you meet Sharon, Dad? Uh, I was doing, actually, the wedding band business was starting to... uh, slow down what what was what it was like was before djs we would do everything bands you know we do a three-piece band do a bowling dinner a communion baptisms we would do a brisk whatever whatever (laughs) so uh uh what happened was we were starting to lose these smaller type gigs to guys who had like you know played records so i we went to uh there was a friend of ours called joel poliak and he asked me to be the MC for him. Yeah, didn't he run a thing called uh, Unforgettable DJs? Yeah, yeah. Out of Brooklyn. So we did a thing at the uh, uh, Downtown Athletic Club, and uh, there was a for a, for a uh, company, and it was a uh, you know a mixed crowd, good mixed crowd of all like office workers, and uh, so this girl comes up and gives us a like a seventy eight uh, of a record that she wants to sing to. So yeah, we're gonna accommodate her. So she puts it on, and it was a it was like the sound music track of a record called uh, "Object of My Desire" by Starpoint. And then she gets up and sings, and she goes out and just just ripped it 
to shreds. Now, describe, like, you know, describe her, because the outgoing, um, you know, social butterfly that she was oh, later no, in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to keep in mind that most of the, her office workers she was very familiar with, mm-hmm. these are her friends that right. she was working with, and uh, she couldn't wait to just jump out of the box. Like, you know, boom, and she, she sprang it on him. They, they had no idea the, the, what kind of powerhouse they were working alongside right. for the time that she spent there. And uh, from what I understood, this, like he says, it was like total surprise to them. They were expecting this little timid, little, little uh, self-conscious girl, and she said, she exploded. <laughs> now, did, did she sing in church? Is that what the, the well, deal no. was? So here's what happened. So she, so, so she sang, and I did the... Uh, the typical Hollywood thing. I go over to her. And here I am, just being an MC yeah. as a DJ, an MC. And I says, uh, "I can get you work." <laughs> you know, I give her my card. I write my name because I didn't have any of my cards up. This guy's job. So I said, "I can get you work," and uh, it's, it's great skepticism. So then I called up and I followed up, and I got her a couple of sessions. First with uh, Peter Giordano. He has uh, his father owned the gas station, and he loved recording his his songs that he wrote. So I brought her down to Peter, and Peter paid her money, you know. Yeah. And so she started to do uh, little sessions. It was all fine and good, fine and dandy. So I said, you know, I'm, we were going through a change with our, our band. Now, what happened was we were working with a girl singer called Doreen Rose, and someone offered her more money to uh, and more jobs right. to work with them, so she gave us left us kind of like high and dry, where she could fill in jobs she would, and that was about the time that I just bought my first house in Staten Island. So I was really worried about how I was gonna you know make ends meet, how I had a year's worth of contracts with Dorian Rose's name on, and then I said, uh, "Would you like to sing with us?" And this is where things got got kind of sketchy for Sharon, because. She felt, uh, from the best that I can uh, surmise, uh, the thought of singing with a, an all-white band at, at all-white parties, you know, Italian no. weddings, Jewish weddings, right. uh, bar mitzvahs, this was not very appealing to her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A little trepidation. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, fully, uh, I'll tell you, too, we, we, she, would, she would come up to the mic, and she would wear a very plain, like, house dress, Timid. And, and timid. timid, timid, and she'd hold on to the mic stand and look down and would not make eye contact with anybody. And I'm saying like, but this girl is great. I've seen this girl in action, you know. And and but she sang like that for quite a while. And we only had a couple of songs with her. We had like Over the Rainbow and Shake Your Body and Object of My Desire, yeah. which little by little we, we sort of destroyed. <laughs> now, it metamorphosized for you know. Let's paint a nice little picture there. It metamorphosized. Yeah, we uh, did our normal ex. Uh, expansions of the songs and added stuff in, but she did come uh, out of the shell. <laughs> but do you think? Do you think the trepidation was because of like where she was born? Because she was born in Georgia, and you know, in the fifties. No, I I think it was a, the new experience of like you know everybody's you know in gowns and tuxedos right. and stuff like that, and it was an all you know it's an all white audience. Yeah, and here, here you know because what what uh, you can't realize at this point is back in the day. My day, like in the six, late sixties or mid sixties, I should say, uh, girl, even girl singers weren't really accepted at weddings. I mean, they weren't. In my dad's day, he had a girl. Pop had a girl singer in his band. 
But it was the girl singers, it was the bride that was the center of attention. Oh, so that was a taboo to yeah, have it was a like taboo. a taboo. Right. And matter of fact, when we got Doreen as the girl singer, she used to wear a tuxedo. A, oh, like a, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, she used to hideous, wear a, What a hideous, <laughs> hideous look. Oh, look. my God. But just not to, not to take anything away from the bride, you know? Uh, so what happened was, so she, she she's working with us for a while, and, you know, she doesn't know, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, and I don't want to do this. Come on, Sharon. You're doing great. And she would get tremendous applause. I mean, tremendous. When she did Over the Rainbow, she she would knock the audience out. Uh, I remember we would save that for the gun spot, you know. Actually, you know what? I want to I want to um, interrupt you there for a second. Uh, because um, when Sharon passed away, I remembered, um, it was just, you know, when someone passes away, you think about them. You think about all the, the times you had with them. And I remembered being a kid. Now, um, I've said this before on the show, and I don't want to detour too too deep into this, but my uncle um, gave me his 16-track tape recorder and a bunch of tapes. And, of course, you know, I went and listened to all the tapes he gave me. And there was a lot of, like, demos by him. But I, I think on one wedding, you brought with you your 16-track. Yes, I did. And you recorded it. Yes, and, I did. And I remembered listening to that tape as a kid. And then when this all happened, I went into my garage where I have it, and I looked through it, and I, I still had the tape. I so really. I yeah. So check this out. I so there's a there's a little bit of a story here. So I had the tape, and I plugged it in, and and this is what it sounded. Like. It was all distorted because <laughs> we we tuned single from the board, I think. No, no, it wasn't that. It was that the the. It, well, I'll play it for you so you can hear. So it's like no high end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But um yeah. playing the right chords. And I'm like, oh that's really not listenable. It's kind of a shame. So I wanna give a shout out right now, because I called my friend Mark Rucci, who's a mad scientist, and uh he uh he took the tape machine, he brought it home, he opened it up, he cleaned, you know, decades of gunk out of it, cleaned the heads recalibrated the, the whole thing and he yeah he, he took it home and he baked the tape because i believe when you bake a tape it, okay it, the the the, board, the bond like it gets more cohesion yeah and you get uh high end back and also he i had a spare tape that he played over and over and over again and as he kept playing that tape the high end came back so yeah. um i want to give him a shout out really quick if you need any sort of transfer work or repair work done uh, go to gasmradio.com. That's G A S M radio.com and ask for Mark Rucci. And he does transfers now. He can do analog transfers. He can do digital transfers if you have ADATs and stuff like that and you want them transferred to files. And that's what he did to me. I gave him my tape machine and I gave him uh, the uh, tape and he transferred it for me and gave it to me. So today I did a mix of this and I did the best I could with what it sounded like. Oh, here. So here's the mix. And I think this is from what, 1990? Oh, jeez, oh, you got me there. I might it have been, said, it said a bit earlier. It said checked 91, so it has to be before 90 on the tape. Okay. So I'm getting maybe late 80s. Yeah. So the the lineup here, I think, is Leo. Ah, uh, was it Leo? Might have been, because I think I recorded this. It sounds the, like Leo. Yeah. I yeah. don't think this is a wedding. I think this was short ribs. No, it's a wedding, because after, after it, he, Larry goes, kindly find your respective seats. Yeah, no, and I remember doing it at a wedding. A 16-track, but that's awesome. Yeah. Was so, Timmy Cox on the board? Oh, we'll find out. Um, well, the, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the challenges with this. Um, the effects were 
printed onto the track, like tons of compression, tons of reverb. So there's a little bit of that cheese reverb that I couldn't get off because it was printed to the track. Um, There was like no kick uh, channel, so I basically sound replaced it. Mm -hmm. I put put some new drums in, um, not like heavy, just to fill out the stuff that was missing. Did you put the right bass notes in? Uh, Well, (laughs) I left the original track, but there was an overdubbed... See, now you tell me I'm the one that starts that all the time. Well, (laughs) well, Uncle Phil, there was an overdubbed bass track that you did later. (laughs) Just letting you know. (laughs) Really? Yes. And I tried to use that one. Dog, you. I tried to use that one, but it was phasing with the one that was on there. So there might be a couple clams, but it's okay. Um, And uh, so it's um, my Uncle Phil on bass, my dad, John, on guitar, uh, Ray Nakari on keyboards. Right. Larry on. Larry Bruce Bruce on uh, saxophone and vocals, and uh, Sharon on, on lead vocals. So here this is. That's my computer looking for the file. All right. I thought you were starting Oh, that is definitely Chris. Yeah, big improvement. It's definitely right. You play with a lot of sensitivity. Randy Carey.
You know what you did? You just you just brought tears to my eyes. Right. Oh. Yeah, if that and doesn't give you goosebumps, what does? And thinking of it, man. Oh my God! You have to understand how you have to understand how she went she, through, man. She was so, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, intimidated by the surroundings. And I said, Sharon, you don't realize these people just are waiting for you to go out there, do it. They're looking at you and and they're at, at, in awe of you. And it and it, it it took a while. It took a long while. You know why? I, I got to give credit for, uh, for for a lot of Sharon's show showmanship. I really do. Uh, what happened was this: the way the story actually is, Sharon played with the band, and we were starting to book jobs. And you know how it is with weddings: you book jobs like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, wedding season. Oh, yeah, they get, they, you, you come around in January, they're booking you for November and October. That's not just, you see, let me make a clarification here. It's we just didn't do weddings. We also played a, a, a nightclubs. Sh- shitload of nightclubs, Richie. Mm-hmm. We played all over, everywhere. But not at first with Sharon. No, when not. it was just Sharon, was just, we were just, do, we were scratching along. Mm-hmm. So we're scratching along and uh, then what happens is Sharon's job that she had a name on a list for a corrections officer calls. Mm-hmm. She says, what am I gonna do now? You know, she's starting to work with us now a couple of couple of three months, and now we're booking her name on the contracts. Right. And uh, what happened was, along the way, uh, there was a guy who had a book with Doreen, a blonde white girl, and the guy said to me, uh, he didn't want, uh, he wanted the black, a white girl singer. He didn't want a black girl singer. I said, and this is the exact words, may God strike me dead, I said, I says, yeah, I can get you the white girl singing for that particular date, but I won't because <laughs> this girl is in the band now and this is the girl I'm going to use. So that went big with Sharon and it, and it was the truth. And it was a guy I knew, yeah. you know? Figured, I, I was like kind of appalled 
that he made that kind of distinction. I'm saying, uh, now do, don't get me wrong. Doreen was an excellent singer, yeah. but Sharon was was an excellent singer and different in a lot of ways. So uh, anyway, now back to the thing when when the when the uh, corrections department called up, she says, "Oh, now she's got to start working with them." And now we're we're asking our old girl singer if she can fill in on dates. So what my brother and my daughter and my uh, wife and I, myself and uh, we went down to Phillips' basement under his video store, you know, and uh, we uh, put an ad in, in the Village Voice for black female singers. Right. And uh, I think about 14 of them showed up. We made appointments like, all right, you're singing at 8, you're singing at 8.15, you're singing at 8.30. Right. And, we, and, we, and, you know, we kept the schedule. Whip, like Nicole was Amazing talent that yeah. showed up. Man. Yeah. yeah, but Amazing. the first girl, that was the first, the, one of the last girl singers, I think, was, was, was Monica. And I said, this girl's got chops. But what I, we loved about Sharon, Sharon was, was a soprano. Yeah. Monica was an alto. Now Monica was never shy on giving her opinion. No, very gregarious. <laughs> yes. She's very outspoken. Yeah, very, very. She, put she still is, you know. She still is. She still is. No, we still, still is. stay in touch to this yeah, day. Yeah. She's a great singer. I'm running her PA system in, a, in about a week. <laughs> she's, she's really. She won. A, she won. I think the first John Lennon songwriting contest. Yeah. So so now so now Monica joins the job, and now I got a sort of jockey because I have you know uh, two girls I was, two girls. Uh, not two girls. I had just uh, one girl had, alternating. Right, alternating, yeah. and I now I have a substitute for Sharon. Here's Monica. Yeah. So what I would do, and this is and this is the template I've always used. I said I would find out what dates that Doreen was still available, right. and I'd put the two girls on the job. Right. So I'd say, oh, we don't have Sharon, yep. but I gave you two girls. Right, right. Which means you know uh, I'm eating a, one less a salary out of my pocket. Right. So. We, they did it, you know, and they, everybody gets along, you know, nobody's, I didn't, I'd say, you do this song, you do that song, you do this, and it went over, went over fine. And all of a sudden now, Sharon calls me, says, I, I, I can't lead the, the wedding band, you know, you're my, you're my band, I can't lead the band. And uh, I think uh, whatever happened, until she got out of it, she got out of it. And so now I have Monica. And I have Sharon, and I'm not gonna now. We're not gonna kick out Monica. You can't, yeah, yeah. So you know the girls are with me now like three months now. Right. So I says we're gonna put both of you. Now this, of course, the Larry Bruce, my partner, was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> we, got a, we got a year's worth of work with, with yeah. booked with one singer. Yeah. Who's gonna pay the second salary?" Yeah. I says, "We'll split it. Don't worry. We'll you know I'm giving away his money. He wasn't that happy about it. But anyway, what Monica did, what Monica did, and, and was. She was so outspoken and so in your face about yeah. so many different things. Uh, she got Sharon out of her uh, her uh, fear of yeah. of like p- performing in front of these audiences, and uh, they started to perform. Now all of a sudden they're going out and they're going out and they're buying like really expensive gowns. Can they- I ask you a question though? Sure. Was it like um, her? Showing her how to do it, or was it like a competition sort of thing? No, no. not at all. It was the second black girl joining the band, yeah. and 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 it was, it was a a kindred spirit. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. And Monica, and Monica was like that. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, it was like, like she 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 her comfort zone. Uh, yeah, expanded. Expanded. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah. She, um, it was 
two completely different personalities when they are they're on set. Yeah, yeah. And then and what and what Monica did is she provided the spice to Sharon and Sharon said, Oh, wait, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. And, and, and I remember one time They came we, alive. They I came mean. alive, yeah. The show the show basically started uh, uh, and develop right in front of your eyes. So yeah. they were spending a lot of money on gowns and, and they I remember they wore wore, wore White lame, like tight fitting skirts, yeah. with a, a white tuxedo tail jacket. I remember that. Light, and then we would all went bun out and bought white jackets. And that's like thirty some odd years ago. Yeah, man. yeah. And it was, what a show it was! I remember we had to do a boat. We did a boat when it show, and the, and the, the boat sails at you know six oh five. That's when the tide is, whatever yeah. it is. And the boat's fail, and, and we're like, it's six oh two. Where are the girl singers? <laughs> now we're, we're about to sail, and there's no girl singers. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they have with their new dresses running down the pier. You know, they're, they're, on the ramp. Yep. <laughs> hold the boat. Hold the boat. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes they would. You know, as a band leader, I'd want to pull what little hair I have out of my head. I, I just tell you, you get a lot of fun, laughing memories out of this. Oh. Uh, when you think about some of the stuff that escapades and how much fun it was, and 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 how people would light up, you know, the girls would, when they went out there, and when everybody started to do, you did it too. Yeah, you John went out there with a headless, uh, headless, with a wireless mic, That's and a wireless guitar, <laughs> yeah. and he went mic. out there and sang, and everybody would be out there in the dance floor jumping around like crazy. Yeah, and and it, it started in nightclubs, didn't it? Uh, no, it started in nightclubs, uh, uh, but we were doing it. Just about the time when Hot 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 got big. Yeah, we were like one of the first bands that got right on that song. You know, to get on a song, you know, this nowadays, is... Nowadays, now, let me qualify something here, John. Nowadays, everybody's on the hottest song as soon as they come out because they download the track and they play along with it. And yeah. those days, you played along with it. But, you, you played. But, I mean, that's that's okay, but, like, you got to understand something that production has become a lot more dense on these pop tunes now. Oh, yeah. It's like, you, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's impossible to do them unless, yeah. you, unless you have 10 people. 35 ten, musicians. And, yeah. and like, you know, four keyboard players. Yeah. So Yeah, but this is more more about Sharon, but I was yeah. trying to go with the, uh, how it, how she became, what happened. Well, we so did. Now, now, she's, now she she and Monica are, are doing their thing and the band is now, we're, we're booking. Mm-hmm. Now, it, what, what happened, the actuality, what the, the event was, was that, uh, a lot of people, when I just added Sharon, so you know, like you get scuttlebutt back at you, you know, rumors that they think you're crazy. You're putting a black girl singer, and you bring into a you know all Italian, really, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> betting those jobs. And it, quite the contrary happened. the The reception she got was was terrific. It was now you, this girl's great. They couldn't wait to hear. So, well, I remember one night we did an Irish party. Now, mm-hmm. to keep in mind, we played at we played at Irish Circle. The Irish Circle for ten years. It was in, in uh, it's all Irish bar, I mean. all Irish bar, and we did. I think we did Danny Klein's wedding. That's you know, right, the owners, one of the owners. Yeah, and uh, was that a Kennedy's? Or yeah, something? she sang, she sang Danny Boy. Oh, Danny Boy, and I'm telling you, you could you could have nailed it to the wall and said, "Fill them shoes," yeah. because it was it was great. We did one time. We did a job with with Monica. And I think it was just Monica and Sharon. It might have been the three girls, but we worked this really rich guy's. He had an indoor and outdoor pool. All right, get the picture. Mm-hmm. I remember the guy who snapped his fingers at oh, you, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Uh, and and this guy was giving us, like he was talking to us like, you know, we were, uh, you know. Trish. Yeah. We would get me another bucket of ice type of thing. 
And when these girls sang, and they ripped the party apart. I mean, oh, apart. Yeah. And uh, I, re I remember I said, man, this is great. We really got something going here. And then about a couple of months later, we're playing, I think it was the Westmount Country Club. And Monica comes over to me and goes, uh, I give him the schedule for the next week. She goes, yeah, I'm not, I'm leaving the band. Ugh. You know, one week notice. Yeah. Well, I said, how could you do that? What do you mean? So we start arguing, and, you know, and uh, I was terrible. So what I did was now, and this is very, this is very ironic the way this all happens. You know, I would love to be able to say, I take credit for this and I take credit. But this isn't about it. You know, sometimes God puts you in, in, in a, uh, a specific place uh, for a specific purpose. And you're not the actual catalyst. You're the messenger that was there. And I, I feel that. In other words, I feel I was supposed to do what I did. It wasn't my ingenuity or my great brilliance for selecting talent. So here's what happens. Monica leaves the band. I have an ad in the paper right away. Back to the village voice. Mm -hmm. Black girl singers wanted. And now I, I, I just have Sharon. So we hold an audition. About another 20, 30 girls come down. The first singer I hear was, was Sandra Williams. And this girl was like listening to Nat King Cole's female version. Yeah, she's so she was silk. She could, and had an ear for harmony like nobody I've ever worked with. It was, I mean, I used to, when she used to sing dinner course music, I'd go out and and listen to her like a fan and they say, this girl is That's amazing. And uh, so what happened was uh, we have a showcase. You know what a showcase is? A caterer gives, lends us his space. We invite down prospective clients to come down and hear the band, which was illegal for a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> what happened was uh, my, your mother, uh, we were running carts in a, a mall and there was a woman on the next cart and uh, oh. I started to talk to mommy <laughs> and mommy says, oh yeah, talking about her husband's in the band and she says, oh, I sing. And she says, oh, my husband's looking for a singer. And uh, in fact, he's, 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 you know, so I talked to this girl on the phone. I said, do you do the song? Do you know what key? She says, I do this key to record. I says, well, I'm having a showcase tonight. You know, and I got eight couples. I want to fill up the room. You know, you have a kidding hole seats like you know two hundred people, and you have you gonna have twelve, sixteen people there, whatever. And uh, so she, she comes down, and Sandra comes down. That was Star. It was Star. Mm -hmm. Star. Her name at that time was Star Atkins, and uh, so they both come down. Now, they knew each other prior to that because there used to be an open mic in Harlem, and they would sing it there, but they never sang together. So they come down to, what was it, the Bay Ridge Manor? Oh, and, gee, you got me there, Yeah, John. it was the Bay Ridge Manor. I remember uh, my father was there. And uh, so now uh, I'm telling Larry, Larry, I got these two girls coming down. <laughs> I says, I want you to hear him. Tell me what you think. We're going to pick one of them tonight. All right. So we sit up, you know, on stage left, he stage right. And uh, from the first note, it was like all of a sudden somebody started like an aerobic tape that they knew for a million years. <laughs> And they started dancing and moving together and harmonizing on the spot. Exactly. I mean, it was oh, terrific. Yeah. And then I look at Larry and I look at the audience and I yell across the stage from my guitar position. Keeping the three of them. I said, 
I'm keeping the both of them. Well, it was all <laughs> and then goes, like we got now we got two girls on contracts. That, now we're gonna have three girls. We're gonna eat us. We're still eating a salary. Yeah, yeah. Charge more like, money for the next round. Uh, and, yeah, and the proof of the pudding is, you know, they were really great with their blend and their ears and listening to what they did. That when Sharon started to make her way in the real world, yeah. Those two girls went along with her for the ride. Oh, it doesn't go just like that. Excuse me, I have to, I have to. I have yeah, to. yeah, you know better than I do, man. Uh, about before that, though, you got to remember now, we, 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 we bring the stage act out, you know, I mean, the wedding act out, and we're going to some very uh, uh, sober places. Yeah. Uh, you know, out in East Hampton and stuff like that. And so we went, went out and playing places. And I remember we went to one house out in uh, Suffolk County, I think it was called the, the Coral House. And I think it had like two or three rooms, weddings going on at the same time. And here I am at, at, uh, with, first we were there with two black girl singers and and nobody had that. And then all of a sudden, other bands is starting to hear, well, we've got two girl singers. Yeah, yeah. So now we come back, the second time we come back, <laughs> now there's three. And then we see it, and then it was it was just going, it, it was, all, the, the gates, were, floodgates were open. Um, this <laughs> I, when I was very little, and this was all going on, I just remember, remember my dad, you know, asking, anytime we'd see a, a black girl on the street, he would ask him, excuse me, Miss, do you, you sing? sing? Right? So I remember I drew, I drew I drew a birthday card for you one year when I was little. Anyway, I drew, I drew my dad with the beard, you know what I mean, the yeah. black beard, like running up to a black woman, a, a large black woman, and saying, excuse me, Miss, do you sing? Happy birthday, Dad. That was... <laughs> That was my racist because, card you know, that I made for you when I was little. No, but <laughs> there's a reason for there is a reason for my madness. And there is it. Obviously, you know the proof is in the, the pudding. The, the reason the reason for my madness was there were a lot of black girl singers that were so white sounding. Really? Yes. And I said, no, no, I want the real thing. I want gospelly trained. Right. I want that. I want authentic. I don't want you to sound, you know. Uh, like a diva, all trying to sound like Madonna's. Yeah, we don't no, want. That. I don't want that. You know, you need to sing, sing from the heart. Yeah. yeah, not sing from the heart, not from the from the record. Yeah, you know, and, and, and if you twisted it around, and then, you know what, the proof is in the pudding, and a lot of in the, the bookings that we were getting, we we're getting wonderful bookings. I remember we did a booking in, in Vegas, and uh, I was on that. Yeah, you were on that one. Well, th- yeah. so this is this is when I kind of jump into the story because um, now we're. I'm tr- I want to do a tribute, but I also want to be truthful here. Um, when you have three girls in the band, one girl in the band is a pain in the ass. I mean, look, I'm married to a girl singer, <laughs> oh, and she's a pain, pain in the, the ass. asses to each other. She's a, what? <laughs> now they're pain in the asses to each other. Yeah, but no, but like, look, g- having a girl singer in your band is rough. It, it's just there. There's a, the fe- the male and female brain are too different, and and yes. you know, and and it's hard enough to be married to a bunch of guys in a band, and when you have to get along, and when you add that female element, it's just like it's like gasoline on the fire. You know what I mean? And so you have that. But you had that times three, right? And yes. and you know, some, and then wait, I have too much so and so in my mind. Well, no, no, I'm, that's what I'm going to get to because here's what happened. He, um, no, we could listen. We could. This is stuff we could, we could talk about. This is, this is not bad. This is truthful. Um, when you your your sound engineer situation became like Spinal Tap's drummer situation. Yes. They would spontaneously combust because <laughs> because. Cousin Vinny, Timmy, yeah. like, <laughs> make us laugh, man. He'd be crazy. The, you shit. would, and so, the, and now I'm going to inject a little bit of myself into the story. Um, it's just that, like, they drove the singers, the, the sound guys, crazy because yeah, there's three girls, and they're all big personalities, big big voices. And what happened is when they would go out front, 
they wouldn't be by their monitor anymore. Right. So the front, the front of house became their monitor, and engineers don't want to hear that. They don't want. You don't want you to mess with their mix. So engineer after engineer would just leave the organization. Oh, and then I remember, yeah. then I remember one day coming home, and I think it went like this. And maybe I'm exaggerating, Dad, but you're like Richie. You're you are sound man now. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. You've been my go-to guy for a while. But you, you know what's funny? It's like that's how I got the Blue Oyster gig. Eric Bloom said you're the bass player now. It's like no one ever asks me anything. They just tell me what I'm going to do, and I go along with it. But um, so I did it, and yeah, it's tough. I mean, the, 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 but here's the thing, and it's and this is why it's okay to, to say this stuff. Yes, Sharon would scream at me every single night, and you know she would say, "I can't hear myself standing in front of the." Of the the system with her voice is the loudest thing in show business, right? <laughs> so, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Or yell at well, but, but no, but but the, see, you can't just look at that because then you'd all be sitting at the table during like a break, and you'd be laughing your ass off and yeah. just goofing off. Like, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. My mother um, got honored at one of these dinners and invited Sharon down to sing um, "America the Beautiful." Yeah, so. And and I was there, and I I always feel out of my out of my element at those uh, fancy dinners, right. and I know Sharon did too. So we're sitting next to each other, and we're hanging out, and we're like, um, and there's a speech going on, and I did like the the freaking Benny and June thing. I put the forks in the the rolls, and I made them like feet walking around the table, and like and we're cracking up, and mom's shooting dirty looks at us yeah. the whole time because <laughs> we're supposed to be quiet, and we're at a nice fancy dinner, and we're cracking up because she had a great sense of humor, and would and especially with you, Dad, yes, you could, you're a ball buster, <laughs> yeah. and it was just everything was just always you were always laughing, so you'd be angry at each other during the gig while you know you were yelling at each other, but then. You know, there was a lot of laughter like in between a songs, couple, like a married couple. Exactly. Well, yeah. it's, it's you know what it's about. It's about the pursuit for perfection. Mm-hmm. And and sound engineers got is listening for one thing, and, and they listening just for themselves. And but I remember once I went out and I bought a brand new spot monitor. I mean, I was just I I didn't have a music store at that time. I drove to Manhattan, Forty Eighth Street, went to Manny's. I bought a spot monitor. I think it cost me eighty five or ninety five dollars. A spot monitor is not like a wedge; it goes on a stand at ear level, about the size of a shoebox, but the weight of about a third of a bowling ball. And like two six inch speakers in them, right. I think. And I put it. I said, Sharon, I got you a brand new monitor. We said, remember, we said the color coded. We said the color coded oh, zip tape. Oh, I forgot tape. about that. Yeah, the yellow, the green, the orange, and the blue. And, and uh, we had an, we had eight different monitor mixes. Right, just to I, I that. no six six different monitor mixes I yep. had. I had the, the six six one hundred powered amps, and uh, I put it on, and she goes, "I can't hear myself." And she pushed it on the floor, <laughs> like like a like Thor's hammer. <laughs> this thing came down on, and breaks it. I just like that just cost me hundred dollars. Like with an eighty five. What'd you do? I can't hear myself. I want so, this strangler. Yeah, I mean, there's there's moments like that, but you know. Oh, but you have to keep in mind the good. You see, yeah. This is all once again. It's it's all in pursuit of trying to get it right. Yeah, and the job. And a lot of people get nervous when they have. To, listen, I am playing fifty two years professionally, and I still get nervous before every job, and it takes me a few songs to get in. So I got that, and I didn't. You know, I just I play guitar. She just sang, so she felt. I don't hear myself, and I'm singing flat, and I'm burning my voice out in one song, which does happen to singers. Mm-hmm. They don't hear themselves. And you got to correct whatever it is. And I went out, and I bought a, a phenomenally huge system. I Remember those big elites we used oh, to have? Yeah. Oh, God. I like the sound. The size of, of, of 
two phone booths. That's right. That's it. Yeah. I like the sound of those. That was it. You know, when I at the at the height of what you guys were doing when I was uh, doing sound, you had uh, you know two gigantic subs and two gigantic tops. Um, you had I think it was a thirty-two channel mixer. Uh, 24. A 24 channel uh, with groups, and then you had six monitor mixes and a subgroup with side fills. Yeah. And one for just for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, but there was, here's another quick story I, I want to tell. Um, you guys come home from a job, I think it was, and it the week was, during that particular week, um, my great grandmother was staying with us <laughs> uh, in, in, my, in my house. And um, God rest Sharon, his soul. I think uh, so. You tell a story. Uh, so, so, oh God, oh God. Uh, so you know, we come home from a gig, and what happens? You're hungry, you know. So we say, hungry. So I says, come on, we'll go upstairs. We're gonna eat. Me and Sharon we'll come up to my house, and it's quiet. Everybody's sleeping. Me and Sharon come up to the house, quiet. I open the refrigerator, and we grab some cold cuts and make the sandwiches. And Sharon, uh, she spies. Oh look, you got olive loaf. You know, I don't know if you know what I mean. She's in there. She's making an olive sandwich, and that great grandma comes out, and she comes through the kitchen like Yoda. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> true. About the same size too. She goes, "Oh, that's great. You guys eating? I can go for some olive loaf." And Sharon has the, like the last bite of the sandwich in the mouth, <laughs> and with her eyes wide open, doing like you, you know, uh, Rochester look at you, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went around the room, and I'm dying. It's very <laughs> funny. Dying. It's very funny. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to. I want to go back to one story. Oh yeah, go ahead. I went, the sound engineers. We had possibly the most passive personality I have ever met. Andy Escalis is doing sound. Like, Andy he was. Yeah, yeah. Andy, Andy. Andy. Let me tell you something is close to a Quaker at that yeah. time in his life. It's true. He's <laughs> like getting nasty at anything. Nothing. He's, he's, and I remember him. What did it kill? <laughs> Jeff Block did sound for us one time. And Jeff's an expert. Uh, I didn't Jeff's know Andy expert. did sound. Yes, he did. And uh, <laughs> then we had this other guy who was, what do you do? I'm a sound engineer. And I think it was, we were playing one of these clubs on uh, 3rd Avenue. And he came in there, and, and this guy was unflappable. <laughs> you know this guy yeah. and he just and they're like screaming at him <laughs> and not listening and, to and, him and he's just and he, he doesn't he doesn't know how to respond you know he's like a pacifist yeah you know he just, <laughs> you're you're in a war zone now you can't be a pacifist anymore <laughs> wear a helmet buddy it took us a long time but I think we figured out the problem I'm gonna the tell you they though. stood right in front of the, the the low end speakers and tried to sing and they didn't hear their voice. Well, it was tough. I mean, it was it was a the system was was big and hulking and you had to get at least maybe twenty feet in front of it to Still start hearing it. That's right. Yeah. So, then by the you know, time you got out 20, 30 feet in front you, of it, you, were out of you time. sang out of time. You yeah, so time. it was it's you know nowadays I, with the headphones, you, oh, and the it, it, oh forget it. If if I had in ear monitors when I was doing sound for you guys, it would have been a pleasure. There would have yeah. been no stage volume, right. especially your drummer play electronic drums. Oh, oh that would have been amazing. Leo, Leo, Leo the drummer, Leo Portuese. Leo Portuese buys this beautiful, expensive electronic drum kit. And we go to this go to this very ritzy catering home owned by these guys. I own like a lot of catering halls there. I don't want to mention their names because I don't want to be buried in the, in the back of a trunk of a car. <laughs> but these rat, rat bastards. So they, they put the stage. The band has got to go here on this stage. So all we could fit on this stage was the drum set 
and everything else we had to set up in front. So Leo is on the drums. He's playing his brand new drum set. The stage that he sat on is directly underneath <laughs> the kitchen okay. upstairs, and the kitchen sink leaks, <laughs> and it's, rain, it's raining down on his electronic drums and a crown under him. And Leo, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Let me tell you something. Sharon, Sharon did some funny things. Oh man! One time she's singing. Now. We're in Vegas. You remember this one? You remember, you remember, yeah. we, 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 we all pissed ourselves when this happened. Yeah, yeah. So now Sharon has got to sing. Somebody comes up and says, can you sing, uh, you know, Loving You. Loving you is easy because <laughs> you're beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And la, 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 <laughs> la, 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 la. That's right. right. So now she's singing and she's into it. We don't do the song, but she's in it. And she goes, loving you is easy because I'm beautiful. And you're beautiful. And you're beautiful. <laughs> no, no, that's not what happened. Yeah, you're close, though. She goes, loving you is easy because I'm beautiful. You're beautiful. He beautiful. We all beautiful. <laughs> we all beautiful. She caught herself. So. He beautiful. You beautiful. We all beautiful. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Oh, man. Uh, we, had, we had so much fun with her. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. This is a story I like. I I remember having a battle. Well, Sharon, when she first started becoming a corrections officer, of course she had a pistol. She had a license and a badge, and she carried a gun. And I used to take it to all the jobs. And my old 1970 Maverick that had it, they had about three square inches on this car that didn't have a dent. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else, this car was crushed. So I, I remember getting into an argument with a guy in the gas station. He was coming out of the gas station with a baseball bat. He was going to crown me with it. And Sharon got out with the pistol. Holy and, shit. And pointed at him and says, get back in the friggin' office. <laughs> I looked at him and said, Trump. Call, let's get out of here. <laughs> what? Yeah, she pulled the pistol on the guy. She pulled the pistol on him. Oh, yeah, give me another one. Another great one. Another I told you, that's a good story. That's why I call her. I reference her as my protector. Yeah. Because she used to go travel <laughs> time. The girl had steel let me tell balls. You, she had steel balls. Now, let me tell you something, Sharon. There was a boyfriend that she had. It was a friend. I don't know if it was a boyfriend or a friend. And uh, she got mad at him one night. And she went to town on him. She did. I, she reached in the window and was punching yeah. him in the face. But I mean... Not like no, old girls in not, movies. Not, not like a girl <laughs> throwing a baseball... No, she was throwing like like. She you worked know. in the men's yeah. house of detention. Men's men's house. No, of detention. no, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But she a, worked a, in a the teenage, men's a teenage teenage men's house. Yeah, juvenile. Not, oh, not juvenile. and that's the worst. Him. You know that that's I worse didn't than know the men's. That. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the story she told us of what they would do. Oh, if God forbid you fell asleep in your chair on one side of the bar. Yeah, it didn't matter, man. They do they they reach you. Oh boy! Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, she had a, t- a tough time, but yeah, but 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 she she gave gave a boyfriend a beating. I mean, a real beating. And and I'll tell you what, I remember when she got engaged one time, and uh, so I swear I took her, me and mommy, we took her out to uh, uh, Mambo Italiano in uh, Third Avenue. In yeah, I remember that place. And you know, celebrate with her. And I used to take when it was just Monica. I used to take Monica and Sharon. I would take them out to new for New Year's. We would go to like you know, uh, the in Mill Basin the club, the Old Carib. Yeah, and you know, see and see like uh, Sound of Infinity would be playing there, right? Yeah. And they'd see us in the audience, and they would bring us up on stage, you know. 
and we had what a ball of time. We had a great, we had great times. You know why this hurts me? I'll tell you why this hurts me. For the cheesiest of reasons, I was so elated for her success, even though it came so late in her life, that I vicariously was like feeling a sense of like, yeah. Look, I got validated. All you people said, and you have to understand, I was the guy who said to show the, the, the showcase tapes to people, and people would, would, would come by, and I'd show them the showcase tapes, and I got some with me. I'd show them the showcase tapes, and the girls, are, they're great. They're, they're terrific. And they're telling me, well, so-and-so's got this, this girl and that girl. I'm saying, listen, these girls, they're not going to find better than them. They're great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and... One, and uh, but they would make their choice and you'd say, uh, maybe it's me. Maybe I got it wrong. But I think they're the best thing since, you know, sliced, sliced bread. Right. They used to, I remember people would come up to us. And this was uh, often. It come up, I would come up to us and say, you guys are the greatest band I've ever heard. Yeah. Why are you playing at weddings? Or what, or what are you doing in this nightclub? You should be like big time show, uh, showmen. There's, there's one. There's one That's um, not once, Richie. That had to be a hundred times. Yeah. We did a thing. We were doing like a Hilton hotel, and uh, you know we see a lot of great bands. You know, a lot of great bands. Uh, but we're doing it. We're doing this thing, and now a lot of people don't realize that Star was used to be one of the big performers. Boy, was she funny! So, so if you, funny. just to just to give a little context here, why my father's talking about um, Star and Sandra. Because uh, when Sharon went out on her own and did her own band, she brought in Star uh, and Sandra. To be well, her, not exactly. Well, Here's not exactly at first, what happened, but it, yeah. it, 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 it. She comes. She calls me up one day. See, she just used to sing mm-hmm. for the Dap Kings. There was no black background girl singers. There's nothing. So I get a call from her one day, and she goes to me. She goes, John, uh, I'm doing a session with this white boy. He's kind of famous. I, I can't think of his name at this moment. She goes, Do you have a you have some girl singers? I said, yeah, I have some girl singers. I said, I'll bring down, uh, I brought down Teresa. Yeah. And, uh, but she needed a soprano. Right. Teresa's, Teresa's not really a true soprano. Right. So she got in touch with Sandra. Right. She didn't have to get in touch with Star. Right. So what happens Who is, was the white boy she was singing with? So, oh, the white boy. So I, I'm, I'm going out to this analog studio and, uh, and I'm here to take one. What, he's wanting it back and forth. So I says, listen, can I hear the tape a little bit? Because there, I'm there early, like everything else I do. I said, can I hear so I maybe get the key, get the idea of the song? And he slows it down. I go, that's Michael Buble. <laughs> she, was, she did a session with Michael, Michael Buble. <laughs> Michael Buble walks into the thing. I called mommy up. I got mommy on the phone with with, with, with Michael Buble. I got no, you didn't. Did. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm that one. You're that guy. I'm that guy. Why are you that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you hate. You know the guy you hate. He'll do that. <laughs> That's and, you. I, and I actually sang the first. I swear to you, I sang the first verse to Rainy Night in Georgia to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I. You know what? I sang. Uh, it said this on the podcast. I met Tommy Davidson in, in the airport, okay. yeah. and I love Tommy Davidson. And, and his favorite, my favorite bit of his is when he does Michael McDonald. Yeah. And I said, Tommy Davidson, you're the reason I like Michael McDonald. I do, I do a Michael McDonald voice. He's like, yeah, let me hear it. And I just went right into it. I was like, you're like, that guy. This is what my dad would do. I'm that guy. Genetic. I'm that guy, Junior. Yes. <laughs> let me tell you, it got to a point in my life that if I was walking in a parking lot and somebody turned on the headlights, I'd do 20 minutes. <laughs> 
Because, yeah, after a while. I love to sing uh, <laughs> about when, the moon. When, when you're on, you're on, you know. And, you know, you get your shot. The funniest things, in, the things that have happened positive in my life were not planned. Uh, you know, they, they say what a lucky break is. A lucky break is when preparation meets opportunity. Yep. But sometimes it's something completely different. You just, you, you put it in a certain spot. And, and that's what happens. Like, the band, when it was just Monica and Sharon, was a great band. But when the band was Sharon, Star, and Sandra, we used to call them the triple S threat, the good and plenty girls, it, it got to a point of, this is phenomenal. Yeah. I got to the, now, he, the way we got to this point was, in the beginning, it was all guy bands, you know, Beatle bands, that Rolling Stone bands, you know, Eric Clapton, and you're doing all that stuff. But as girls started to get, you know, girl singers started getting featured, you know, what was it, Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. Uh, Whitney. Whitney wasn't even a factor yet. And, and that when, they, when they started getting popular, you started to see, hey, we, we got we to gotta step it up. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first girl, the first girl singer that I heard with, in, with a band that I thought was right, she was doing current tunes. Because I'd seen other women singers in the, in the business, uh, but they were like, you know, schmalsy things cookie uh no no first girl singer i saw was phyllis okay eisenberg uh so (coughs) phyllis is the mother of the drummer in anry's band who's been on the podcast joey martin that's joey martin's mom phyllis and i I said i gotta get a girl singer and that's when i wound up getting doreen and then doreen led to, to sharon sharon led to monica monica leaving led to sharon meeting sandra and star so now they met at the showcase we book all the jobs I see. This is it. And well, la- t- take me through. Um, take me through Sh- uh, Sharon's break. Like, how did how did that happen? Oh, this is. Well, uh, she comes over hard to me. Work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, the guy that she got engaged to, <clears throat> Joey. Was it Joey, Joey. Yeah, sax player. Uh, he started. He was one of these city musicians. Right. Now, th- there is a uh, people. They think of Staten Island, where we're from, as like this lesser place of uh, you know it's nothing really hip happens here all the hip stuff happens in this. Uh, a cultural wasteland it, is, yeah we're is a cultural the, wasteland the term I've heard yeah and with the rock or whatever by the way and, where is the show being broadcast from <laughs> Staten Island yes so that so she's in the city band and she's doing the thing and, and what, what do people do they, they see something a great product so now I have people coming down to see her at, at when we're playing short ribs on 30th yeah. Avenue in yeah. Brooklyn and they're giving her the card. And, you know, Dad, I don't take kindly to that. Mm-hmm. This is, a, and who are you mm-hmm. to walk over to my singer <clears throat> and give her your card? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that's how I met her. <laughs> <laughs> I say, no, no, that's, that's foul. You don't do that. Yeah, Come they, talk they, to me. Yeah, but this this girl, man, what she went through, oh. in, the, in the long run, she so, really paid her duel. She had a lot of people. <laughs> hold on a second. She actually mentioned this to me. She had... People that used to make fun of her and pick on her when she was little too, you know. Yeah. Uh, she uh, and uh, she stood on she stood on her own two feet and she she fended off a lot of crap that used to come her way, and that's how she got so strong willed. Ultimately, became what she was. Well, she came to me and she tells me I'm, I got a situation. She's trying to. She said like we, what happened, and, and the seriousness of it was the time, the space and time. On, on the on the time span, DJs were grabbing all of the work. We went down from 
we were doing, you know, at one time we were doing like 85, 95 weddings a year. Before that, when I was just, without, before Girl Singers, I could do up to 175 to 200, so, you know, social events. Wow. Because you did everything, do you understand? You did everything. There was no such thing as DJ. There was, you did everything. I'm telling you, bowling, dinners, baptisms, they needed a band. You were it. Three guys were going on. You're going on with a drummer, a sax, and a guitar. And you play a gig. And that and so I remember doing, and I, I'm, I don't know if I'm proud of this or, or simply amazed of it. I remember doing 113 music jobs in 105 days. <laughs> and then I did another run about two weeks later. It started again. This is like Joe DiMaggio's run where we did like 103 jobs in like 98 days. We just would work like nonstop because we would do nightclubs and we would do so social uh, uh, things. So it was, a, it was a good run. But Sharon's thing was people offered her a trip to Europe London. and play these clubs. Yeah, that's right. Forget about that. Now, I hear I'm running business. I had a, at that time I had a, either it was a music store or I had the uh, restaurants in the mall. And I wasn't about to like, you know, lead my businesses and go play, you come home with, you know, $1,200 at the end of a four week tour. Mm -hmm. But what, that's what she liked. And what, what, you see, just people don't realize Jimi Hendrix was from the United States. Jimi Hendrix went to England and became famous to come back to the United States. Sharon Jones went to Europe, knocked people out. And this is without the help yet of Sandra or Star, was just the Dap Kings. And the Dap Kings were also, I think, did something for uh, Amy Winehouse. Sharon was not a, uh, a confrontational purpose, I, uh, 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 personality. I remember she'd call me up, and we used to talk, you know, very routinely. And how there was always people trying to bait her into things, you know. Hey, I hear Amy Winehouse is trying to steal your band. And yada, yada, yada. And how one guy said to her, I won't mention his name because he's no longer with us. But he says, because she couldn't make a job. And she made one of us say our job. You'll never work again. <laughs> she became bigger than he could ever hope to be. Uh, and and but a lot of famous people started to flock to her. And 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 I have to say this: whoever was her management team, or the people, her publicist, or whoever they were, they were great. Because what they did, and this is what you have to acknowledge: what you know, what makes a good manager in in any business is when he knows that somebody does something better than him and he delegates them to do that that job. Well, she found someone that could further her career, further than I could bring it. And she stuck with me for 18 years. I could, what can you, what can you ask of the girl? Right. Well, the, the impressive thing, the unbelievable thing is a woman in her 50s. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and Sharon is not like, you know, a glamour model. She's a she normal said. looking woman in her 50s. You know said. what I mean? It's And it's like, and she, that's like, an, that's unheard of. That's impossible. She did something that's impossible. If, if, if a woman in their 50s, actually it doesn't matter what they look like. If a woman in their 50s says to you, I want to start a singing career, you, you, you laugh at them. She's like, she made it. And, you know, well, like, but whether she so made it would actually... What you'd call like one of those mega hits, mm -hmm. like she didn't sing res "Make Respect" or "What's Love Got to Do with yeah. It," but she stepped right up into the spotlight. And, and the ironic thing, for I, I went down to see her maybe ten, I don't know how many times, and she had predominantly a white audience. Right. It was 
She, you know how hard it is to cross over for a black artist? Oh, yeah, man. Do you know how hard it is? And, and she crossed over. She could play in front of an all-black audience, all-white audience, and go over tremendous. And, and the other thing is, the song we listened to before, uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, that's, and, and the reason I wanted to play that on this show is that that's not the type of singing that her fans are accustomed to hear her no, doing. No, that's, right. that's like a sweet ballad. You and know by what the mean? way, we, we won... Uh, we won the first round of the Marlboro Talent Show up in Poughkeepsie yeah. on that song. <laughs> I mean, we, we blew everybody away up there. But I mean, her her singing is is more you know soulful. It's right. uh, in the school of James Brown. Like she, you know, she's like oh, the she female discipline, female James Brown. But um, it's so I thought it'd be interesting for people to hear her <laughs> her sing like that. But you know, it's it wasn't like pop music. It was soul music. You know, and that's what she was crossing over with, which yeah, was really awesome. So now what was really exciting um, is to see Sharon uh, pop up on TV all the time or, or on a website or on this or that. And other thing. I was it on was, the airplane. Was, I was sitting in an airplane, right? And it goes, and it, then, you know, you have the TVs on or whatever. And it goes, and now CNN exclusive, uh, CNN interviews, Sharon Jones. And I, could, I, I basically, I could have projectile shit my pants. <laughs> Because you want to tap on the person next to you and say, that's I my did. friend. Yeah. That's, that's my friend. She sang me for 18 years. That's my, my Well, I mean, and there were a lot. Like, did, uh, she met the president, right? Yeah. She, you know, she I, she met uh, Michelle Obama. Oh. And, and then... Uh, this, I think the last time around... See this picture could, I'm showing you here? Yeah. She this is, we went right there. We went to... Uh, we went to the little... It's a picture of Sharon and my dad. Yeah. Sitting on my lap. <laughs> and uh, she was very conscious because the radiation was making her skin... Uh, so dark, and uh, and for some reason she had a hang up about that. That's what I started to allude to earlier. Yeah. When I used to make fun of her as a kid, she was she was very dark. Right. And uh, which to us is like that's well, no big deal. It's no big us. deal. But to her, other was you know octoroons and quadroons and stuff like that. Other black people, lighter skinned blacks, and they would pick on her as a kid, and it, it left an indelible mark in her head, and. Uh, she explained it all to me one day when we were on, right after she chased the guy with the gun. <laughs> she said, explained it to me. Um, so she she paid a lot of dues growing up yeah. as a kid. And but, uh, all, all your prayers out there, you, you, you actually, if you're going to say any prayers for somebody that didn't deserve to suffer the way she did, she she's worthy of What a of fighter. That. Listen, we, went out, we all went out to see her, uh, I don't know, five months ago, six months ago. And she was singing with a great jazz singer. And a legendary bass player, and they, they were great. They were great opening act. And Sharon comes out, and, and here most of the band is there. We went to see her, me, Bobby, Wendy, uh, Larry. Uh, and in the middle of a set, she goes, she was telling me that she would try to schedule her shows like two to three days after her chemotherapy, because uh, the chemotherapy the day after you, you forget about it. You you, you couldn't do anything. And uh, by the third day, she you know she could she could muster it up, and she's singing, and now this stuff is starting to really kick. And now this yeah. is this is after she thought that she went to remission yeah. on 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 because she had a thing called a, a Whipple procedure on her uh, uh, pancreas, the pancreatic cancer, and that sort of put it everything. Hey, you know, you're all clean, clean bill health, and it came back uh, metastasized, which means moves around. Uh, into her lungs and I think into her lymph nodes and, and other places and, and I knew she was not out of the woods anymore and it, it hurts because uh, well, like I did with my one, with my did with my own mother 
uh, I had to lie to her. Say, don't worry, Ma, you're going to be all right. You know, you're going to be okay. Just do everything you're supposed to do. Sharon's thing was, she would go perform like like a, a, a beast. She'd perform. And we all told her that she should. She, they know, say, you know, this bit, is you know? not the most important thing, you know. Yeah. Your life is the most. But she, it, it's like, don't stop me from running. Yeah. Right. I got to run. I'm trying. She was like, she was running away from death. Yeah. And she would get on stage and she would sing. And imagine, you say she's got an hour and a half show set. And about 52 minutes into it, she goes, I can't sing anymore. And the, she'd tell the audience that, you know, I'm going through this and going through that. And she'd walk off the stage. In fact, her last show, which I think was Las Vegas, she had to stop in, in, front of, in, in the middle of her hit, 100 days, 100 nights. The band sensed it. You know, they all cared for her and, and worried about it too. Yeah, and the, and the audience. And the audience did. The, 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 the nobody, the, nobody, nobody, nobody said, nobody booed, nobody no, said you wouldn't they booed, knew she booed. was sick. Unless you were, you, you, you were heartless yeah, souls. They were very, very Green. sympathetic to that. Yeah. And now, like, you know, you really want to, you, you, you really don't want to really pro- apply too much of the, the negative sensitivity here and want to cry and stuff like that. But what she went through, she was proverbially knocking at the door. She was in, her foot was in. Well, she, uh, she, she was going and she was going to do it. And I, I had a conversation about a month and a half ago. I called her up. I, we would text each other once in a while. And one day I called her. I said, what are you doing? She said, ah, this thing came back. Less than a month, maybe a month ago. And uh, she's sick again. I said, Sharon, you got to just take a breather. Slow down, man. Don't push too hard. She said, listen, this is what I got to do. You know why? Because she told me. People depended on her. And as if you have any type of... Band leader mentality. Yep. When you have the onus of that, like, listen, my band's got to work. You know? They got to eat. They got to eat. That's it. You know? I got shows. I cancel. I get a bad reputation. I work so hard to get a good reputation. And you, the most famous people in the world were, were coming up to her. She would call me. She said, you know, David Bowie came over there tonight. He said, I was terrific. <laughs> yeah, so and there's a... Prince Stevie got Wonder, on the stage. Prince got on stage and jammed with her. Stevie Wonder called her up to do a, a, a tribute at the Hollywood Bowl. For for uh, for Marvin Gaye, you know, when Stevie Wonder's got your phone number, and Stevie Wonder would goof, goof no, no, around better than that, she's got his phone number. Yeah, <laughs> and he, yeah, you call me up, and and, and uh, that's that's I can't even fathom that. But you know, it's Stevie my used mother to goof around. He used, used to prank her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> what, like, what, what do you mean? No, I like he'd call her. Goes, guess who this is? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it, my mother. Uh, also followed her career a lot and would always like forward me things and call me, just see Sharon on this. And and I'm like, you know, everybody who listens to the show knows I'm a bit of an asshole and I'm sort of uh, jaded because, you know, of what, what I do for my job. And I'm like, yeah, you know, my, I do gigs too, Ma. You know what I mean? I'm trying to explain to her. And she's like, oh, you know, she met this person and this person. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. I'm very happy <laughs> for her. Very happy, for, very happy for her, Ma. And then I was watching TV with Amory, watching uh, Marvel's Marvel Comics Luke Cage, and the final, uh-huh. the season finale comes up, and there's this big like Harlem nightclub, and Sharon's on stage, and I went, "Holy shit, that's the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life!" And I called up, and I was like, "That that impressed you? Not that Prince played with her?" I was like, "That's nice, but Ma, she's on a comic book show." <laughs> she was, she, listen, she's, she made it to the big league. Yeah, that's, that's the highest. That's the highest level you can be at. It's a comic book show to me. The movie The Great Debaters comes out. Right yeah. now, she says, uh, "What's this actor's name? The famous black actor." 
Denzel? Denzel. Mm-hmm. When I see Denzel, she's telling everybody. <laughs> That's right. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to go. And she's running it. <laughs> running right. out. And he took Denzel it Washington hears about this. And he goes over, and where's this Sharon Jones? <laughs> Uh, I, I think he took her to the premiere. Didn't he take her to the premiere? Or she, I, I don't know. I wonder if he went straight to I the premiere know. with him. I was at the premiere of her movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, I was. They were, they were considered enough uh, very of adding me into the credits a couple of times. Although I think you only see my elbow in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's my elbow. Um, <laughs> do you want to play some of your um, some of your birthday party? Uh, yeah, <coughs> I like. You know what he did? I want you to. I would listen. This is how sensitive I was towards our success. I never would post any of this. As proud as I was of this, I would never post it because. But it's you know what this you is not. Wanna, this no, is for I don't want to rain. Yeah, we don't want to demean. I, any I, I didn't, I didn't want. I never wanted to, to like say, you know jump into hug. But now that that she's you know she's in a better place. Yeah. So they say. So we hope. Yeah. You, are you going to be able to show this? Uh, no, we're going to hear it. Oh, it would be great to see it. Cause well, this is an audio show, Dad. Oh, you can't see anything. Well, you got to look at your speakers, but nothing's going to You can look at the speakers. Well, picture this. <laughs> I said something. I, I said an off-colored remark to her because it was my 60th birthday, and my son and my daughters, my partner, my wife, and uh, my son-in-law, and Sharon and Star were at my, my party. And they performed. Sandra couldn't make it. We also had their subs. We had Teresa and uh, Ambrosia who replaced them when they left the band. Yep. And I tell you, Ambrosia, Ambrosia's feeling it big time too. You know, everybody was. Okay. So what do you want me to play first from this? Well, just play 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 a song first or something or yeah. No, you can play a song. No, because it's going to be poor quality. Let's play a speech. Play the speech. Okay. Yeah, I like the speech. So basically, we all roasted my dad. Yeah, and then um, Sharon came up, and I think uh, was she planning on saying something? Uh, I think she had thought she had to. Okay, and then Star felt compelled that she had to say something. <laughs> <laughs> As y'all can see, I don't have a little speech that wrote out because no, I'm. I'm about the sex. Okay, <laughs> for y'all. Don't y'all listen to John now, y'all know better. That'll be like incest. <laughs> John is truly like family. John is truly family to me. Um, I mean, I, I know like tonight, I, I was just telling him earlier that I have a, the picture of mom and I, I look at that picture every night. She watches over me. I got it hanging on there. And I know she's looking down here and she's surprised tonight. But I just really want to say, John, The sex was great. No, <laughs> no, no. I just really want to say to John, I really thank you. Um, years ago, in 88, 89, you know, he took a chance on me too. I know Star said, you know, he did, this, but he took a chance because I, I was one of the first. Say it, say it, say it. I won the first black women <laughs> to start doing wedding bands. And he took a chance and he was like, I, I remember Larry and Philip all he like, y'all got to hear this girl, she can sing. And they were like, well, John, you know, John, but it doesn't matter, that has nothing to do with the color, man. They, they want to hear it, they're gonna love her. You know, it took a while. It took six months. I mean, he just kept calling me. I'm like, I don't wanna sing, man. I really don't wanna do it, you know. I was in church and 
John just knew I had it. And I'm just, I'm thankful he, I came down at rehearsal. And from that time on now, that was like 18 years, John. 17 years I was with you. And um, I just really want to say, I am, I had a birthday yesterday too. Yeah, okay. No, I turned, I turned 51 yesterday, and I am just, John, I just really want to say to the Castellano family, which is my family, my last name is Sharon Jones, no, Sharon Castellano Jones. <laughs> I just really want to say, John, I love you, and I'm so glad I was able to be here. And all those years of singing with the wedding bands got me ready for what I'm doing now. And I got a little something for you, a little DVD, yeah, a little documentary thing, you know? And that's it. John, I love you. If you don't think that's that breaks, so nice. If you don't think that breaks my heart, it certainly does. I never, I would never, I, and I never, I, all the years, now that she made it, because she's been with the Dap Kings now, probably about 17, 18 years. I would never show that because then it would look like I'm trying to steal something and I, and I wasn't. No, no I was happy for, I was happy for her success. They took her where I couldn't take her. And I couldn't reach that high. I think I think you don't have to worry about that. It's it's totally. This is we're talking about. You know how we Im interacted with her and our experience with Sharon. You know what I mean? That's that's what we're doing today. Do you want to play something else? Do you want to play? Yeah, some well, play Star. Star is funny. Does she does a speech too. Yeah, Star does. The funniest thing Star ever did. Let me tell you something. The funniest thing. We're doing a, we're doing a party, and Star used to do this thing in the beginning of I Will Survive. And she would oh start singing it real slow and sexy. She would ask for a man to come out into the center of the floor. Oh, man. And she put a chair down. She sit this man down. And the band would play the beginning. And she goes, at first I was afraid. <laughs> she had the, I was petrified. She started rubbing the guy. Yeah, she head. had them big old breasts that scared the <laughs> crap out of people. She starts, she starts rubbing the guy on the head. Oh, uh, man, I remember this. <laughs> oh. I kept thinking I could never live without you rubbing around. And she drops me in front of the guy and she puts her head between your thighs. And then the bride comes running out and says, that's the minister. That's the minister. And we start playing Amazing Grace. She goes, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I didn't, I never saw I know it's in the very beginning. You know why it's in the beginning? Because she, because, I'm fast forwarding through this. No, I think it's the I think it's in the, the first beginning. minute. Oh, the, like the beginning of the tape. Yes, because because it says that we have a special guest here for you. That, I, that it flew her up from. Uh, oh, I remember that. Why do you want this on there? Does it have anything to do with what we're talking about? Well, she says something nice. So has anybody <laughs> ever said anything nice about you? There's not that many people. It's gonna be a short show. <laughs> in my life and time, I sung a lot of songs. And I made some bad rhymes. This girl, you know, Star was genuine. All from the heart, man, this kid. And we're alone now, and I'm singing this song to you. You don't know what's going all on at this time. Sing. 
singing a song. Post this stuff, man. I never wanted. I never it's wanted. It's fun stuff. I mean, I didn't want come to on. Wait, wait, wait for to die and have one of us post it here. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't want to do that. Post it now, man. Wow, man. You were definitely surprised that. Oh, they knocked me down. That was your 60. Oh my god, time to us. How many people have gone through this? Is Teresa? Yeah. You can't show that. John got me. No, no, this is the truth. This is the God's honest truth. This is truth. This is truth. <laughs> this man took a chance on me when no one else would. Okay? This man said yes when everyone else said no. He believed in this polo gal from the South Bronx who has now migrated to Atlanta. I know, ain't that sad? It's sad, ain't it? I'm so happy to see you. Well, I'm happy to see I you too. Shit. I'm telling I'm not gonna catch it, but you go right on ahead. <laughs> but I just felt that I was compelled to do this. <laughs> I was compelled to be a part of this. And I thank God for you. And I thank God for your family because you guys have blessed me immensely. So thank you. That's great, man. Really great. Is it? Yeah. Um, do you want to play a song or anything? That, yeah, go. The, the, find something. Don't hand them a guitar. Um, wait, there's <laughs> mu music on this? Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you want to play one of your The Good and Plenty Yeah, band? play that too. Yeah, yes. All right. Okay. Oh, my God. So... This is my dad's wedding band uh, promo tape. What song is this? I'm Your Baby Tonight. A Sharon Star. This is a good song. And, and, uh, and Sandra. Is this EKO in Long Island? Yeah. <laughs> this is all of the tapes, let me say. We did break our balls with the haircut, by the way.
Live mix wasn't that bad. That's a live mix. Not bad. There's no double guitar, there's no double anything. Timing is much better there than it is today. <laughs> Everything is much better. Terrible back then. They were so naturally great together. Star went through some rough, rough times. Yeah. yeah. I saw that yeah. in a very long time. Um, I want to tell that story, though, um, that you just said, because it's a really funny one. Um, we had a gig, and this is when I was doing a sound with you guys. At the Rose and Mansion in, in Rhode Island. In Rhode Island. And my father, instead of having everybody go on their own, uh, hired a bus, like a like a big you know, coach, yeah. a coach bus, yeah. to come take us there. And what was it, like a four or five hour drive? Yeah, I, I hired Noah to drive a truck with the equipment right. and the roadies. Yeah. And uh, I had hired this bus. Yeah. Know. So so we get on this coach bus, and everybody goes, "Oh look, there's a VCR, and a screen." And uh, and Uncle Phil comes on the bus with a bag, plastic bag, and they go, "Oh, yeah, I see. There's a screen there. Did anybody bring any movies?" And he goes, "No." He goes, "Ah, oh, well, I did. I have all the Star Wars movies, and we had to watch Star Wars the whole time. And the girls were pissed. They were like, "Should have really? brought movies." <laughs> Uncle Phil said. 
I'll take it off. Put your movie on. Would you like to put a movie on? Nope, I guess we're watching Star Wars. Let's start with A New Hope. And we went to... <laughs> we watched all the Star Wars movies. Oh, that was funny. No. I used to go to sessions. Like, when I went to the session with Michael Buble, well, I didn't know who was going to be Michael Buble. I stopped. I was like a little bodega that made. I had like a grill. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to go into a session now. I don't know who these person's singing. But I know there's going to be a couple of people there, and I don't want to be an animal. I'm going to get a, so I'm going to get like a ham, egg, and cheese sandwich. Right. So I says, give me six of them. <laughs> so I'm going to walk in and, and give me some juices and give me some, you know, yuhus. Yeah. And I walked into the place like I was doing the groceries for the week. He says, here, have breakfast, everybody. That's <laughs> very nice of you. But that's what how he, that's how we do things. Mm-hmm. So I I don't want to obviously I don't want to um, just focus on Sharon's you know. Uh, top 40 club band stuff. I want to talk about what she accomplished, you know, after the band. So we're going to end the show by playing one of her songs, 100 Days and 100 Nights. Um, and you can listen to that. And please, um, I'm going to play a little bit of it. So please download it and support the music. Download it and pay for it on iTunes or buy the album on Amazon or whatever you want to do. She has a Christmas album she released last year. So oh, yeah. it probably yeah. is still available. Yeah, so check that out. And again, and she dedicated the Jewish song to mommy. She, said, she did. <laughs> you know, mom and Sharon were close. I know. Yeah. I don't know if you realize. I do. They were close. So I want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoyed our little uh, tribute to Sharon Jones. And I want to thank my Uncle Phil for joining us. Thank you, oh, Uncle man, Phil. Worth it. And my dad, John. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you next time. We have something very ridiculous planned for the next episode. Um, so look out for that and also I gotta give a quick plug uh, Band Geek the 100th episode will be on will be live January 10th at the Village Underground in Manhattan uh, so check that out it's gonna be from 8pm to 10pm and we have some special guests so come check that out if you're in if you're in the area so thanks for listening to Band Geek and we'll see you next time One hundred days, one hundred nights, and no one